My birthday's on Thursday, you feel me? If you want to, you know what I'm saying, show a young king some love, dollar sign at Chris Splashed on Cash App. This feel me? man did not just drop <laughs> No, my cash man did not just cash put his app, cash. You know what I'm saying? I'm turning 29. We excuse show, him, everybody. Send me excuse $29 him. for the 29th birthday, you feel me? Cash App. Dollar sign Chris Splashed. You about to have OnlyFans for his birthday. Not only Hey, fans. that's another idea. Listen, seven streams of income make you a millionaire, son. Stop playing. What's up, what's up? Welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and I am here with Christian Winfield. Say what's up to the people. Yeah, what up, (laughs) y'all? And Lethal Shooter. Say what's up, Lethal. What's up, y'all? Stay locked in. <laughs> Lethal's, lethal, Lethal's adjusting to being back on land, but we'll touch upon that later on in the show. He's he's not adjusted to the to the landmass yet from being underwater for so long. Facts. But before we get into things, I just want to thank you all for joining us as usual, and make sure you hit the subscribe button to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. And also, don't be afraid to get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. Why? Because we're too cool for all of that. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter. Interact with us and maybe you'll hear your comments on the show next week. All right, guys. Week one of the NBA is officially in the books. And as expected, there is a lot to talk about. So let's get started by going three on five. All right, y'all. Take ball. It's time for our host to go three on five. So it's never too early in the season to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. First, the good, because I'm an optimist. Well, at least today (laughs) I am. There are a few surprise teams that kicked off the season, some big wins from unexpected squads. Lethal, after the first week, which fan base do you think is feeling themselves the most? And I think I know your answer, so be careful. (laughs) I got to go with the Bulls. Um, we, we all mm-hmm. saw this coming. Oh, that's all, not the answer. Okay. <laughs> it's not, but uh, all of us saw this coming. I'm excited for that franchise. And most importantly, I'm excited for the players that were traded there because th- those are players that I feel like some of those teams gave up on. Not not saying Caruso. They didn't really give up on him. But I feel like, you know, Zoe and and DeMar, those different players, that they've been moving around. And I, and I feel like now it's time. DeMar? For- the more I say it, the less I like it. Stop it. The more, the more. Stop it. But stop it that's Ash. from Drake said it, not me. I know. I know. But, <laughs> but I just I just feel like I'm happy for them. The the question is, how long does it last? You know, I mean, you guys just know, you know, all respect. You won four games. You didn't win 40. So de- stay humble and can continue to stay consistent. Most importantly, keep moving that basketball. They look like showtime. So I, I got to go with the Chicago Bulls. A cool stat that Chicago fans everywhere are are filling themselves about. It is the first 4-0 and start for the Bulls since 1996. And we all know who was on the 96 Bulls, the GOAT himself, Michael These Jordan. So they are definitely filling themselves. The first 4-0 and start in 25 years. That's a very long time to wait for a four and start, and I'm a Knicks fan, so that that <laughs> that means something coming for me. 
Listen, I, I feel like, you know, we, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast or on our first or second episode, you know, the Bulls can either go one of two ways. Either they're going to implode and be a disaster or they're going to end up being a, a good team that you don't want to see in the playoffs. Uh, and I think they're trending towards being that good team. You know, the way Lonzo and Caruso are splitting the ball handling duties. I mean, DeRozan and and and, and, Zavine, Zavine, and Zach Levine and, and Nikola Vucevic. I mean, those two, those three guys in, the, in and of themselves can, can really carry a team to a win. Now you've got two other guys who can kind of facilitate the offense. I really like what they've been able to do. Um, but since Lethal already took the Bulls, um, <laughs> I've got to go Golden State. You know, I think three and no for them is very is very mm-hmm. convincing. And if they can keep that rolling, I mean, just what happens when Clay comes back, right? What 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 kind of Clay are we going to get? You know, and, and if they're able to be a, a high powered offense with them, I mean, Steph is just looking like an MVP. Jordan Poole's out there hooping, got a bunch of different guys contributing to wins. Uh, if you get Clay in the fold and and he's anything like he's looked in the past. Ooh, the Warriors about to look yeah, tough. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Warriors. It's got to be comforting knowing, I mean, there's a lot of talent in the West. There's a lot of talent in the NBA, but the West specifically has always been known to kind of have the chunk of the talent, right? The East right. is definitely catching up. It's this is not the East of, you know, the past, but it's got to be comforting to know that your team can kind of hold down the fort until you get your splash brother back. You know, you have Steph out there and you've already seen what he can do. You saw what he can do last season. I mean, he was dropping 50 points like it was no big deal, but it just was not enough. And, you know, having the comfort of of Clay Thompson coming back has got to be a huge relief for Warriors. I mean, they're used to winning. This is a team. All they do is win. Shout out to DJ Khaled. Like they don't know what it's like to lose and they don't like being on the other side of that conversation at all. Right. You you know, another team I think should really have. You know, they should be happy with themselves. The Charlotte Hornets uh, coming out of the yeah. season, starting three and one, beat the Pacers, beat the Cavaliers, came to Barclays Center and beat the Nets. And that was just like an ugly loss for Brooklyn. And then you take the Celtics to overtime, obviously lose by 11. But, you know, this, the Hornets are here. You got LaMelo, you got Miles Bridges, you got these other pieces. James Borrego is one hell of a coach. Uh, they're going to be a team that you got to look out for in the next two, three, four years coming down. Well, since neither one of you took this answer, and I appreciate you for leaving it for me, that was oh, so brother. considerate of both of you. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going with the New York Knicks. No surprise. Oh, okay, listen gosh. to me. Here we I'm go. I'm going to ignore the situation that took place at Madison Square Garden a couple of days ago. I'm not even going to address that. Bing but- bong. Bing bong is right because the <laughs> Knicks are here, honey. Don't get it twisted. They look, good. they look good. Listen, they look really good. And I think, you know, in all seriousness, you know, jokes aside and viral videos, I know you guys all saw the video of the crazy fan base outside sure. of Madison Square. And I love my New Yorkers. I love Facts. my Knicks fans. We're crazy, but I wouldn't trade them for the world. But And on a more serious side, the Knicks, you know, they overachieved last season. Nobody expected them to be where they were. You know, fourth seed, they didn't have big names. They didn't even, they had one of the lowest or if the lowest payroll in the NBA and they managed to go ahead and secure a playoff spot. Not a play in, a playoff. That is impressive. You had the MIP in Julius Randle. Coach of the year in Tibbs. I mean, you had a great defensive team. I think they finished top 10 in the NBA for the entire season. That's impressive when you didn't have the pieces. Now you went ahead in the offseason and you got some solid acquisitions. I'm a big fan of Evan Fournier. I know a lot of people were clowning that acquisition, Knicks fans included. I was like, nah, you guys got to chill because I watched this man ball out in the Olympics and he had a chip on his shoulder and a point to prove. Kemba, always been a fan of his game. Obviously, he's got to get reacclimated a little 
little bit. You know, he lost a little bit of his NY grit, his swagger. He's kind of been all over the place um, in the NBA the past few years. It's going to take him a little while. Obviously, Derrick Rose is just such a, a solid vet to have. The young guys, Obi Toppin's coming into his own. You have Julius Randle, you know, still holding down the fort. RJ Barrett, who I'm a huge fan of. The team looks good and they look solid, but more importantly, they look deep. And that is what you want. And Mitchell Robinson is now back. And that was a huge part of the defense lacking in the series against Atlanta. I don't know how far this team will go. Listen. Ash, we know you love the listen. team, but get my goodness. Death taxes and listen. Ashley caping Jesus. for the Knicks. Listen. So it don't ever stop. Yeah. Listen. It's a monologue right here. Hold on. I don't know how far the team will go. Chill out. I don't know how far the team will go. But I will say that it's nice to have a winning Knicks team because whether you guys want to admit it or not, wow. the NBA is better when the Knicks are relevant and when they are winning. The Knicks are two and one. We got to own up to two and one, and this is our energy. No, I'm saying own up to the fact that the the NBA as a whole is better when the Knicks are relevant. I I agree with you. Yeah, that's, I, I I don't think anyone's ever argued that. That's the the Knicks, the Bulls, the Lakers. When the teams in the big markets are doing well, you know what I'm saying the league is better. But I feel like the Knicks have just had such a rough go at it that any good thing for them makes the league immediately better. So hell what yeah. do you mean by that? What do you mean, you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, do you by, mean that? by that? <laughs> before before Tibbs, y'all was y'all was awful. Just because it's chaos in Brooklyn doesn't mean it's chaos <laughs> over in Manhattan. We try to bring that negative energy to you, Ash. The Nets got a nice little dub. Don't take that negative saying? energy out on me. <laughs> the Nets got a nice little dub. You feel me? They beat uh, who they beat last night? Y'all getting real spicy on here. Don't take that negative energy I out on me. I ain't get spicy. <laughs> I just have to sit through eight minutes of of Nick's talk. All right. I ain't, I ain't protest in front of the Barclays. Don't bring <laughs> that are, energy. You did not protest, (laughs) but but somebody did. Listen, it wasn't me. If you listen, Christian, you you sure you ain't organized that behind the scenes? It wasn't me, sir. (laughs) Anything to anything to throw off the nets, right? I I feel it it. wasn't me. But I'll tell you this: if you ever want to go ahead and sidestep the chaos that is in Brooklyn, you are always welcome in the garden as a homie of of the kid. Just know that. Just know that. As a homie of the kid, (laughs) just know that. I think I'm welcome in the garden of my own merit. Mm, However, not at this point, you're not. I'll take it. Oh man. So on the flip side, topic number two, there are some teams that have gotten off to a slow start and a slower start than anticipated. Christian, I got to ask you now on the opposite end of the spectrum, which fan base should be worried about their squad? Oh, man, I hate to say it. I think the Lakers have a couple things Ooh. that they should be worried about. Um, number one, I didn't think that the Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis fit would work from an X's and O's standpoint. Yes, Russ is a guy who's going to go out there and, and just give you 110%. But when you think about what he needs to be successful on the floor, what? He needs the ball in his hands. He needs mm. to be the one making the decisions out and there. that's LeBron's job. And that's LeBron's job, right? And then on top of that, you know, I know Dwight and AD tried to downplay it, but you never want to see your two big men pushing each other on the sidelines, getting into a, a physical altercation, right? That's that's not what they want. They were fighting about the NBA 75. Right, because Dwight should have been on there. But that well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. <laughs> Dwight, Dwight I'm, ro- I'm rocking that. with you on that. <laughs> Dwight, you should have been on the NBA 75. But you can't be in an altercation with AD, man. That's yeah, not how it sure. goes. Um, I, I'm not I'm not really liking what the La- where the Lakers are all right now. However, I do think they're going to turn it around. But it's like, at, at what point, you know what I'm saying? I, when LeBron starts getting impatient, he starts to move some of those chess pieces 
So at what point does LeBron start getting a little impatient with that with that group he's got over there? <laughs> he said he's playing the Queen's nah. Gambit over there. That, I don't that, like this right, piece. Right. I don't like That's this exactly piece. That's exactly what he does. We know the vibes. I don't like this one. You go, you go, and you go. Be done with <laughs> right. you. You got to do what you got to do to win, man. But I agree with you, Chris. But the thing that was kind of scary to me was if Melo didn't have that big game, Memphis would have won. You know what I Yo. mean? And, and the way, oh, and the way that Jaw Ja was breaking down that defense so crazy. I know the connection is going to happen offensively for the Lakers, but I feel like, you know, Kent Bazemore is a great defender, but who's like their lockdown defender? Like, Ja was just kind of mm. doing whatever he wanted. Another fan base that should be feeling themselves. Shout out to the Grizzlies. Facts. Yeah, you said you called it, Ash. I think you I think you called it, Ash. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you with the Lakers. I think, you know, again, this is all just very soon. <laughs> We're four right. or five games into the season. A lot can change and a lot does change. But you are somewhat concerned about the fact, you know, we've seen this story before, kind of just throwing guys together on a team and hoping that the chemistry works you know we kind of saw it in the big three era in Miami in that first year they were put together everybody had them winning the whole thing and and you know taking it and being unstoppable and they weren't when it counted because you can't kind of force chemistry it's got to gel it's got to look good now eventually that team gelled immediately next season and the rest was history I don't know if we'll have that same luck in LA I think that there's so many different pieces that I don't know what a puzzle with all these different pieces would actually look like. Would it even result in a puzzle that was connected? I don't know. I think, you know, it's a very weird group of guys over there, and it doesn't really seem like there was much thought outside of the names and what it would look like on paper, but the logistics, I feel like, were not completely figured out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I feel you. And and, and again, kind of agreeing with your earlier point, these are like kind of like watching the Nets in Brooklyn, right? You you drop a game early in the season, you you lose to the Hornets, right? That's not what you want to do. Um, but at the same time, you and then you lose to the Bucks in the season opener. But you know, kind of like the Lakers, you've got all these new pieces that you're trying to integrate. You've got stars that maybe aren't accustomed to playing with each other. You got players that you thought would be there that aren't there. Yeah. You know, so um, you got to give some of these teams time, especially the 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 guys with. You know what I'm saying? Rosters that have been in flux. But it, it's just when your best three players don't necessarily fit well together, mm. right? And, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in, in three weeks, Russ starts, you know what I'm saying, getting off the ball, hitting corner threes, you know what I'm saying, being that secondary playmaker. But until that happens, I, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. I mean, I said, I, I don't think it's crazy. Someone asked me what my craziest NBA take or one of them. And I said, I don't think the Lakers finished top five in the West. Mm. I think that. There are teams that have better chemistry. I think there are teams that logistically, obviously, I think it's safe to say the Lakers probably have the most talented roster or starting five, at least in the West. But logistically, there are teams that work better. And sometimes that is the difference maker when you're trying to win the whole thing. Yeah, 100 percent. And the one thing we can say about the Suns, like like what, what you were saying, they have good team chemistry and it's going to take time. But mm-hmm. like what you just said, they have a great starting five in all respect to their bench. Their bench is, is great, but it's just something is not adding up for right now until that chemistry kicks in. If that chemistry doesn't kick in, I feel like this team is might have a hard season because like it's just it's like when somebody gets a rebound, they don't know if to keep it and bring it up or give it to LeBron. If somebody's like, it's like nobody knows to be themselves but AD. And last game, Melo was himself, but Melo was knocking down shots. If Melo wasn't knocking down those shots, they could have easily lost by like 10 plus. 
You know what I mean? So it's going to be mm. very exciting to see how this season turns out because it doesn't even seem like if LeBron and some weird officiating in those last yeah, 60 seconds. it's it's, yeah. it's some, some weird, weird stuff going yeah, on. So we, we, I'm excited to see what what happens with this NBA season. I mean, another team that the fan base, if you you look on on Twitter, and it's funny that both fan bases of the teams that are still the favorite to win the chip and go to the finals. Well, one of them will be the, win the chip. Both of them are favorites to go to the finals. The Brooklyn Nets are are concerned with their team as well. The fan base because look. Say what you want about Kyrie and his outside of the sport thoughts and shenanigans and all that stuff. He's a brilliant basketball player and he is one of the best to ever pick up a basketball. And I don't think if you are a true basketball enthusiast, you can argue that. And this team does not look the same without him. Nope. And, no. you know, Kevin Durant's incredible. If you ask people, he will they will say he's the best basketball player in the NBA currently. Or if he's not, he's definitely top two, top three, depending on who you have the conversation with. But he cannot hold down the workload for both Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And James Harden is struggling for a multitude of reasons. Obviously, the foul situation, the new rule change there, we'll get into that a little bit later. But also, he's not been the same. And he's come out and said, look, I'm trying to figure out my hamstring. I'm trying to, you know, get back into the groove of things. It hasn't been the easiest. I'm trying to figure it out. But it's like Kevin Durant can't do everything. And unlike some of the other teams in the league, I've always said this about Brooklyn, they're very top heavy, which means that that offense, that entire team really revolves around three guys and the rest are there, but they don't serve as much importance as the three that are in the forefront. And when you remove one, you drastically change the dynamics of this team. Yeah, I I agree with you. And, you know, what's interesting about the whole James Harden situation, yes, there's the hamstring, but for the first time since he's been in Brooklyn, he he admitted, hey, you know, my confidence isn't where I'm used to having it. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's that's a big admission. He's like, yeah, you know, like I haven't played basketball in so long. I was hurt. I'm still coming off the hamstring. I'm out of shape trying to figure out how I can get back to my old self. And it's like, man, the Nets need James Harden to play like Houston James Harden, right? The mm-hmm. guy who can go out there and get you 30, 10, and 10 whenever, right? And they're not getting him. And that forces Kevin Durant to be, you know what I'm saying, Olympic Kevin Durant, which he can be, right? Like a park KD. Yeah. We, exactly. Yeah. We saw that the other night, but I mean, you, that doesn't always work. He had 38 against the Hornets and they still lost, right? So how does it, how do they, they balance this out? Patty Mills comes off the bench. That helps, but Patty Mills is not Kyrie Irving. He's certainly not James Harden, right? So it, it's, it's a gap and, and it, it's going to be tough. I don't know what the Nets are going to be able to do to compensate for Kyrie not being there. I don't know what they're going to be able to do to, you know what I'm saying, compensate for not having James Harden at his, at his full level, right? That This is a team, I, I think part of what they're doing right now is experimenting with lineups. And they're gonna, I think that's going to help them find out who is staying with this team. And then we might see some trades coming in about maybe a month or two because you've got a bunch of guys who might not fit into what you want to do. Nothing worse than just having guys sitting on the bench and not getting back anything for him. Lethal, I want to ask you, James Harden, he's not the youngest guy anymore. You know, father time is undefeated. And although we've seen people bounce back from injuries and are just completely the same or better than they were before, you know, the injury. You look at someone like LeBron James, you look at Kevin Durant, which was just, it it still amazes me to this day, this man had an Achilles injury. Like, it's just unreal. Some guys, most guys are not that lucky. And that's just what basketball is. Sometimes you come back different than when you left before the injury. Is James Harden, is it a possibility he's just in the other side of that conversation that he may not kind of get that same electricity in his game now that he's dealt with something that's nagging like this hamstring? 
No, you, you could tell he's a bit slower right now, and it does affect his game. Most importantly, it affects his game because of the rule changes. Um, uh, James is definitely one of the best scorers of all time, but unfortunately, it's because of his ability his ability to get to the free throw line. And those crafty moves that he do, unfortunately, it's amazing, you know, but it was kind of like, you know, since the system was made that way, I I'm going to use the system, but now the system has changed. You could tell it's kind of hard for him to evolve. Unfortunately, Kevin Durant, his whole base around scoring isn't trying to like get you to foul him every time. So if you notice when KD go to the basket, he 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 can stop mid-range. You know, James is more in transition three. I'm going all the way to the basket to hook you to get a foul. And I think with James, the thing that can really help his game right now that the Nets can win quick, I think instead of him um standing around i think if somebody showed him how to come off down screens or come off screens to knock down uh open shots i think he'll get a lot of uh shots in the system and most importantly imagine him getting a down screen coming off a curl and attacking that way and the big is slicing down and there's ball movement to the right i think the nets would be more efficient but i think with everybody standing around and him trying to be that james harden like you said from the rockets um or okc is hard because he's not as fast so now it's time to go, like you said, when 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 time does catch up with you, this is why players like Clay Thompson will still come back and score because of his ability to, to come off down screens and move without the basketball. So I think James needs to just come off double staggers and 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 sprint the floor and stop trying to just get the ball and go one on one. Because I'm telling you, if, if he comes off down screens or double staggers, the, the Nets can win a lot of games uh, just by him. I, I yeah. just I just never seen him one time come off a down screen, curl and shoot a jump shot. Or come off a down screen, curl to the basket, shoot a mid-range jump shot. Or come off a, a double stagger, get in the lane and kick it to the shoot. He's always going one-on-one -on -one through the legs or one-on-one -on -one to get to that stuff. And I think the Nets don't have enough firepower to be stagnant. I hope Steve Nash is listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> my man Lethal Shooter is spitting. You preaching good right now. Dropping Listen, dimes, I, I, think dimes. I, I think that's just a byproduct of the player James Harden game in Houston, right? He was the guy who had to create all that. He's not used to having other guys create stuff for him. So, you know what I'm saying? As we saw, Kyrie can do all that, right? Because Kyrie played with LeBron and he had to find his way. He, we, see, we see him coming off of down screens, off of all that stuff in Brooklyn. But James Harden isn't used to all that. So, that, I hope Steve Nash is taking notes, man. This is, this <laughs> Go is ahead, dope. man. Nah, man, nah. <laughs> well, listen, speaking of Steve Nash, James Harden, and the Brooklyn Nets, topic number three is a lot has been made of the new foul rules. Sure. You know, some players really, really enjoy it because they say, look, it helps with the flow of the game. We're not having whistles blown every 10 seconds. But overall, players and refs are still adjusting. And last weekend, Steve Nash and James Harden both had some comments about how the former MVP is being officiated. Nash said, and I quote, I feel like he's unfairly become the poster boy of not calling these fouls, but some of them are definitely fouls still, but they are just so alert and aware, and he's the poster child of these new decisions. I get it. There's a line, but some of them are still fouls. Christian, you cover the Nets. What do you think of the new foul rules? And do you think Steve Nash and James Harden, who made sure to point out, I'm not criticizing the fouls because that fine is hefty. Right. Um, do they have a valid point? Y you know, yeah, I, I'm, I actually asked Steve Nash this question. And, and when the way he answered it was, hey, you know, yes, 
James Harden's game is built on deception in a way, right? Like he's he's a guy who's gonna hook the arm and he's gonna make it look like it's a foul on the defender when in reality he's grabbing a guy's arm. He's the guy who's gonna flail his legs out on a step back three and make it look like someone jumped into him when in reality he's kicking out. But at the same time, he's a guy who's gonna blow by his man and make the defense try to foul you to stop him from scoring, right? And there's gotta be a line there. And, and I think refs are kind of missing a lot of these calls where James Harden is clearly getting hacked because they're assuming that some of those calls are him trying to deceive them when in reality I, I, I counted maybe four or five times where he drove the lane and put up a floater and got hit in the face and they didn't call anything right so to me there's got to be a line that they can that they can walk there yes we know James Harden is a guy who's sold on so many fouls and he's made a basically made a career off of getting to the line but you still got to call fouls when they're actually fouls I agree with you 100 percent um, but I feel like Steve Nash with a group like this is more th- he should go and tell James, look, if they're not going to call a foul, go extremely harder to make them call that right. foul. I'm not telling James Harden mm-hmm. to hurt somebody, but going there instead of always yielding to the foul, bring 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 some killer in there. Not saying James doesn't go in there like a killer, but I think the NBA just wants guys to just play basketball instead of just going to the basket and trying to, you know, act a little bit not saying that stuff gets so annoying bro when they try to sell these fouls it's like bro just try to score yeah i feel like if james just goes in there don't don't try to sell it and just play basketball i think it can go back up to about 10 free throws like you were saying chris but when you're going in there as soon as you get bumped you're like getting hit like megatron smacked you I think yeah. the refs now are right. like, you know what? We're, we're, we're not rewarding this. You know what I mean? You know, look, the numbers don't lie. He's averaging his lowest free throw attempts per game in his career. In the game versus the Hornets, it took him 33 minutes to get his first free throw attempts. Yeah. So, you know, wow. versus the nine that he, yeah, just 33 minutes. So, like, he wasn't getting any calls. And it says, you know, the math is roughly about 10 to 17% of his possessions where he would have been expecting or would have resulted in a foul last season or not doing that this season. So you're removing a big chunk of his game. He's a crafty scorer. You know, he's elusive. You know, drawing fouls is part of what makes James Harden James Harden. Right. But it's also important to know that it's not the sole reason he's not playing well. There's a lot of other factors. Sure. James Harden, you know, is is not himself. You know, he's not as fast as he normally is. He's not as decisive as he normally is. You know, you see him playing out there. He almost, I don't want to say he looks lost, but he doesn't look confident in his decision making. I don't know if because, you know, it, it's the fact of the injury. I don't know if it's also the fact of the situation in Brooklyn with the Kyrie thing going on. There's a lot of, you know, distractions, a lot of things going on. Maybe he also feels a little bit of added pressure because he knows Kevin Durant is relying on him more than ever before with the absence of Kyrie Irving. And there's a lot of other things. So, yes, the foul, the new rule is definitely affecting James Harden. And it's going to affect somebody of James Harden's type of basketball playing style more than, say, someone who's not in that same category. But it's also not the sole reason he's not playing well. No, I agree with you. I mean, right. all you got to do is look at his stats. He, James Harden's shooting 36% from the, from the field and 32% from three on eight threes a game. That's that's not acceptable, right? Yeah. You you can't have a player doing that. And, and the the misses that I've noticed, he's missing spot up wide open threes, right? Like if he misses a, a step, if he's like cross cross step back shoot, and he misses that, okay, that's a tough shot. He's missing wide open threes that are created in the flow of the offense, and those are the most concerning for me. 
Yeah, lethal. I mean, I want to ask you, knowing, listen, the rules are the rules, right? right. You're not going to change the rules. You can complain. You can moan. You know, you know, Steve Nash can go on the podium on the soapbox and he can give a whole monologue like I did about the New York Knicks and, and it's not going to change anything. So what does James Harden need to do to now at this point, 30 something years old, he's been in the league and he, he, he's used to playing the way he plays, but now the rules have changed and the game has changed. What does he need to do as an individual player to adjust? Most importantly, adapt. Um, the good thing about players of his nature, um, they're able to adapt to games. And I feel like right now, don't allow them to make you overthink your game. So continue to play the same right. game you've been playing even before you was getting to the free throw line. If you're not getting to the free throw line, you just have to go to the basket harder. And like you're saying, Ash, he might he might be a, a, a slow step behind. Now that means instead of trying to go one-on-one every time like we spoke about, come off some down screens. Try to get more shots in transition. And then, you know, what you were saying, Chris, he's, he's shooting a little low right now from three. You got to get in the gym a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I know you might get up 500, but you might need to get up 800 a day now. So it's it's more like take your game to the next level because Kyrie's not there. Because if, if Kevin's scoring 30, unfortunately, like you were saying, Ash, there's right. more pressure put on him. So now he has to... Now and this pressure means yeah. something. I'm not saying it didn't mean anything for the Rockets and when he's playing, but like you know, them them teams, it, it is what it is. But they didn't have that 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 bright light like how Brooklyn has that bright light on them. So now it's just like just elevate. But most importantly, not saying he does, but don't make excuses to the media saying you're not getting foul, you're not getting your foul calls. You know what I mean? Make make your shots and then play your game, and and, and yeah. they'll call the fouls for you. And I just think the refs are doing this to establish to these players now play basketball we got this we don't need you guys to be you know trying to sign up for hollywood just play basketball and once you guys start playing basketball we'll make calls <laughs> right. and james and james harden he's one of those people that can adjust and i think he will adjust i'm a huge fan of james but if he really wants to get out of this funk he has to he has to just come at it 100 miles an hour and uh change his mentality um going to the basket don't look for the foul man start start just punishing people before we go on to the next topic i mean look at what's what's happening with Trey Young Trey Young is averaging fewer free throws per game actually Josh if you if you can look it up i wonder what the average team Josh is Josh is our like, producer by yeah, the way Josh, one of our pro- Josh is our producer you know what i'm saying for for right now he's 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 going to run a stat for me real we quick call if you can find man. it stat man stat man yeah that's him <laughs> um yo Josh what what was the average number of free throws per team last season and what is it right now through four games uh for in the nba right now that might be tough uh but if you could find it i mean look at trey young right he's still averaging 25 points per game but he's his free throws are down last season he averaged nine basically and now he's only averaging five and he's also shooting worse from three 31 percent versus 34 36 percent over his career but he's still averaging that 25 points but he's still averaging that 10 assists mm. right so he's still finding ways to impact the game the rule doesn't just affect james harden there's a lot of guys who are complaining yeah, about yeah, not yeah, getting sure. calls right now right it's, right. it's just gonna be something he has to get used to i think stat man got your stat um oh Chris. yeah let's see yeah, what yeah. he found hold on oh you dropped it in the chat so last year uh teams averaged 21.8 free throws per game and Josh is going to find what that number is right now for this season. And I would bet that it's significantly lower than that. Maybe not significantly, probably like two. So probably like 19.8. 19.5 is the lowest number of free throws attempted in the history of basketball. Number wow. one, shout out to Josh. Number stat one, man. found that stat mad fast. <laughs> and number two, that just goes to show you, it's not just James Harden. Yeah. It's not just Trey Young. This is league-wide, right? And guys are just going to have right. to get, get adjusted to it. And, and what we can say, and you guys check me, 
This has by far been some of the best basketball that NBA has years. How hard oh, these guys yeah. are my God. They're going Absolutely. they're going this hard because the refs aren't causing calling those soft ass fouls and dudes are getting mad Absolutely. and they're just playing dudes hard are getting shit. Banged like on. The, yeah, like they're they're playing like they're at the park. <laughs> like 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 what Ashley said, people like KD just want to hoop. Now guys are like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to the basket. I'm trying to break this guy's face. Cause if I don't, they're not gonna call the foul. And that's what we as yeah. fans. I'm envisioning, and as, I'm envisioning guys in the locker room giving that Denzel Washington speech for the grading day. Y'all gonna do this to me? Facts. To right. me? Facts. You'd be playing right. in Pelican Bay if it wasn't for right. my ass. Like I could just envision Facts. like that kind of intensity oh, in the locker room because they're not getting the fouls and the calls that they're used to getting. I love it. I love this type of basketball. I love the, the flow of the game. Like you said, Liesl, these guys are playing with a new chip, a newfound energy, a newfound anger because you don't have the cushion of the referees to fall back on and I love it. I, I'm here for that and I hope that this continues and we don't see them retract it because too many people are complaining because that would suck. Hey, shout out to Josh. Exactly. That's my guy. <laughs> shout out to Statman. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to topic number four. So look, I know we're a little late, but we got to talk about the NBA 75 list. You know, Jeez it's, it's been a, it's been a conversation. We're going to do the NBA 75 a little bit differently and we're going to fast forward 20 five years so for people who are not the greatest at math like your girl that would make it the nba 100 list so i want to ask you christian which young superstars do you think will be on that nba 100 list in 25 years oh yes i've got take do i get to take all of them no i'm not i won't take all of them i'll also still be 20 i also will still be 27 in 25 years just want to put right. that out there. <laughs> yes. jesus christ well, well three come to mind immediately and i'm not going with luca because we already know he's gonna go he's probably gonna be in that nba 100 list in 25 years uh trey young is one of them right mm. i think he's just gonna be just the way that his the arc of his career is just gonna be ridiculous i, I love what i'm saying for him um hot take i think Lamelo ball is gonna be one of them i think Lamelo number one is gonna turn this hornets franchise into a perennial playoff contender we already see them uh making strides in that direction now and number mm. two i think he's gonna give people a new blueprint right like he's just a different type of player he, he is just electrifying he is a franchise centerpiece that some people didn't even expect him to be coming in um and i love what i see from him and third, you know, I'm, I'm going out. This is my super hot take. Anthony Edwards. I'm a fan. I, I love, love Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards. I love his game. I love his personality. Boy, it's comedy. Um, and I think he's going to be on that <laughs> NBA 100 list in 25 years. I, I love the fact that he didn't know who A-Rod was. I thought that was hilarious. Yo, like, I thought that was, Do you think that LaMelo is... So, no love. What about Lonzo? Do you think Lonzo will make that list? Nah. LaMelo's better than Lonzo, in my opinion. Wow. There, I've, I've always, I always get different answers when I ask people that. Wow. I always get different answers. I think Lonzo is definitely a better defender, right? I get that. But I think just in terms of, like, you can't build a franchise around Lonzo. You can build one around LaMelo. Hmm. Mm, lethal who are you wow. feeling in the future NBA uh, 100 I, I have list? to agree with Chris uh, LeBron Luka. James will probably still be there he'll still be playing Easy. I'm crying Easy. <laughs> um, whatever wine he drinking I need parts he's like the Tom Brady of, <laughs> of basketball he just won't retire right, <laughs> right. Crazy. I'm gonna go with Luca, Trey LaMelo Anthony Edwards it's, it's tough because the talent now is kind of tough but those are the guys that are sticking out like a sore thumb 
Um, ja, I think Ja yeah. is going to be. I was going to say I'm adding Ja Morant. Yeah, to that ja, 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 so and, 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 and Ashley called that out weeks ago. How different he was going to look this season. He doesn't even look like the same player. He looks like a damn player that's been in the league for five years already. But right. so good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm have to just go with those five for the for the most recent guys. We got a campaign for Dwight Howard, yo. <laughs> Dwight Howard should be yeah. in the top 75 players of all time. Egregious snub. Egregious. Egregious. Hopefully he's in the top hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know about you guys, but. I try not to get too high or too low on these lists. I mean, Dwight Howard, that snub was different. That's tough. Yeah. He he was one of the most dominant players that I've... He was my favorite player to use in 2K. Like, you could not stop him in 2K. And that was just half of what he was. Because in real life, he was really doing this. Three times straight defensive player of the year. Not only that, but I mean, look. Look at... Look at um after the Penny and Shaq era in Orlando and the T-Mac time... Dwight Howard put Orlando back on the the map. Like yeah. he made them relevant again. People were actually actively choosing to watch Magic games because Dwight Howard was doing impossible things that you've never seen done before. And the Magic were a great team because solely of him. He was the nucleus yeah. of that entire system. 100%. I mean, this is somebody who has a gold medal. This is somebody who has a championship ring. This is someone who led the league in blocking. This is yeah. some multiple times. This is somebody who is a multiple all-star. This is somebody who is a defensive player. I mean, what, what else do you want from him? What else is he supposed to do i'm just so it's confused. so unfortunate you, you, you know someone else who kind of made a franchise relevant again is zion uh in going to new orleans and kind of putting that franchise on his back do y'all think he's someone that ends up on on the top 100 list in 25 years or have we seen it, the best of him and people are gonna hate me but at least i'm at least i'm gonna stick to my my original statement i think that zion has an extremely high ceiling I just don't think it's going to happen in New Orleans. And I've said this time and time again, and it's not because I hate small markets like Twitter wants you to believe. I'm not a small market hater. I think that some players deserve to be in bigger markets. And I think ultimately the dream of a lot of people, obviously Giannis and people like that are different. I think a lot of players dream of playing on the big stage. And the big stage is, you know, the bigger markets. But outside of that, I'm putting all of that aside because different strokes for different folks, right? Some people like, you know, the hometown, small town feel. I don't think the New Orleans Pelicans know and have ever known how to manage superstar talent. We saw it with Anthony Davis. We've seen it with Chris Paul. We've seen, obviously, they weren't the Pelicans at that point, but we've seen this story before. This is the, We've seen this movie before. This is not something we don't know how it ends. And I know that Zion came out and was lying through his teeth about, no, I love New Orleans. It's great here. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that because actually, per the source, and the source is me, Zion, look, you don't got to lie to me, bro. Okay? Like, you don't got to lie to me, bro. I, I, I think your talents are better suited elsewhere. That, that's how I feel. Okay, guys, so non-basketball related and it's keeping in the festivities of the season. Halloween is this Sunday and we are still in a panorama, a.k.a. a pandemic. I call it a pandemic. <laughs> I like it. But listen, anytime Halloween falls on a weekend, it's always the excuse to turn up. I used to love that as a kid because I could stay out late trick-or-treating. Now, Halloween looks a little bit different when you're older. It's costumes. It's candy. It's Casamigos. These are facts. So, fellas, what are your Halloween plans? Doing anything fun, exciting? What's going on? Well, my birthday is this Thursday, so oh, it, it usually okay. precedes Halloween. Last year, I dressed up as the colonel from KFC. 
Um, that was a lot of fun. But you know, historically, you know, I, my mother was always. I grew up. I grew up kind of in the church, so historically, my mother was like, "Yo, Halloween's the the devil's holiday. Devil's, it's dead. Yeah. Couldn't even do it." You know what I'm saying? I waited too long. I waited it's so a long for it to start. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna act a fool this year. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm gonna wear. Um, I don't know. We how old you? How old are you? 21. I'm up. Oh. Yeah, I wish, bro. 21? I'm about to be 29. I'm turning big 29. Okay. You know, your last okay. year, your the grades, the grades are starting yes. to come through. It's crazy. Yeah. Thank Letho, you. what are you getting that. into for Oh Hollows Eve? Uh thinking about going to Horror Night at Universal. So probably do that. Uh, Universal Very Studios cool. is pretty okay. sick. So probably do that. Yep. That's nice. Ashley, what you about to get into? You know I'm about to turn up. No, my homeboy Lenny S, <laughs> shout out to Rock Nation, is throwing a really, really dope Halloween party. Where the invite? Let me you know what I'm saying? Let you me want get an your invite? plus one. I got yeah. you. It's actually yeah, in, it it's actually in New York. So okay. it's perfect. There it is. There it is. Um, so it's gonna be an exciting time. Um yeah, I mean Halloween last year was kind of lame. We were really, really Facts. in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited, although, you know, we are still in it and you still have to be careful and cautious when you're out and about, especially in places like L.A. and New York. You have to be vaccinated to even attend any parties inside establishments. I'm also really happy for the kids. Wow. I think that they missed trick-or-treating last right. year. Right. You know, it's Halloween, something you really look forward to as a kid. You get to hang out with your friends. You get candy. You get to stay up late. It's a Sunday. It's actually football Sunday, so that's going to be interesting to see what the players are, are wearing in the tunnel as they're walking in in for game day i hope that the cowboys walk around with a bunch of w's on their chest because all we do is win baby we lost we lost by 39 to the patriots the patriots yeah, don't have crazy. tom brady anymore <laughs> tom brady is not their quarterback we lost 54 to 13 that means we scored one touchdown one touchdown and two field goals we did not this has turned into a Jets therapy session because Jets fans are having a very tough time. They don't even have Tom Brady no more, yo. How he let them score 54, bro? I'm crying because Jets fans have been struggling for their entire life. Anyway, that does it for three on five. Oh you guys goodness. are ready to, to lift the spirits a little bit and chop it up with RJ Hampton. We got a special guest in the building, RJ Hampton of the Orlando Magic. How you doing today, bro? I'm good, bro. Appreciate y'all having me. First of all, put some respect on his name. He's our first guest. First guest. First very first. Guest. Very, uh, very first, first guest. This, this, is, this is a special day, bro. <laughs> this is amazing. So just just real quick, you know what I'm saying? We could, we could dive right into it. Number one, just like, how, how you feeling about this season? You know what I'm saying? How you feeling about training camp? And just how you feeling about, you know what I'm saying? Just this season in general. Man, I feel good. I mean, we got a young team. So it's just like, it's just having fun out here. Like, I mean, we're a bunch of kids. Like, that love to play basketball, man. So... Coming out here every day with the team, the group, uh, getting to know each other better. Uh, I mean, that's that brings joy to me. Uh, and then just working every day, that's, that's something I love to do. You're back in Orlando today. So a short trip, only three and a half hours. I live in Miami, so that's how I know. How are you spending your day off, you know, before you have to go against the Hornets and, and face off another young squad? Right, yeah. So it was a quick turnaround. Flight about like 35, 45 minutes. Uh, got back last night. Went to sleep, got up this morning, went to the gym, got some cryo, got some treatment, and really just trying to just like kind of chill. You know, it's it's not often you get a lot of off days in the in the league, eighty two games. So uh, just try to spend your day the best you can. Uh, I think for me personally, I like to spend it just kind of like not really focusing on basketball, like with my family, my brother, 
uh, just kind of trying to chill and just uh, just have fun and, and enjoy it. I'm 20, so I like to enjoy life when I'm when I'm not playing basketball. Is it a weird adjustment having a full season now? Like, you know, with the pandemic and all that crazy stuff, obviously, you know, seasons and things like that were a little wonky and not normal. Now it's a full season. There are no breaks. There is no load management. How does that how does that feel? Yeah, no, facts. It's definitely different. Uh, you know, having that full season this year, like last year, my first year, I didn't get to play with fans pretty much mm. for the whole year. And, you know, like growing up, you know, everybody dreams of playing in the NBA with with a bunch of fans and, you know, all the atmosphere. But like I didn't have that in my first year. So going in these games, I'm just having a lot of fun. Like, you know, just as, as much as just seeing the crowd when you're warming up. Uh, it's been fun for me. So uh, the 82 game season uh, this year, I think it's back in full effect and I feel good. We were speaking about Dwight Howard and his snub from the NBA 75 list. And that we were talking about how Dwight really after the Penny and Shaq era and then the T-Mac era in Orlando, he put the magic back on the map. He made people want to go ahead and watch this team. He made people want to root for this team. Even if you weren't a magic fan, you were actively looking for these games because Dwight Howard was just that impressive and that spectacular to watch. You know, the the franchise has seen a lot of ups and downs since then. As guys who are playing for this team, you have the jersey on, you're in Orlando. Do you feel added pressure to kind of bring back the fan base to Orlando, bring the excitement back to Orlando? Uh, I mean, I think I want to say first that Dwight was definitely snubbed off Thank that. you. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, RJ. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you don't put Dwight on the list. I'm not going to you know, say names that should be taken off that list, but oh. there should be an NBA 77 list or 76 list. Uh, Dwight Howard should definitely be on that list. Um, you know, you go all all around Amway Center, uh, you see number 12, you see Dwight Howard. Uh, what he did for the, the organization, the community uh, while he was here is, is something special. So, you know, I don't think it's added pressure. You know, I feel like um, every, every franchise has ups and downs. Um, you got to remember... Four years ago, the Lakers were one of the worst teams in the in the West. Uh, Atlanta was one of the worst teams in the East. Phoenix, was, I think they were the worst team in the West. So I don't think it's added pressure, but I think it's it's definitely something that fuels the fire um, for us as young guys coming into the league with a with a name like the Orlando Magic and and the history behind this team that you know we want to come out here and win as many basketball games as possible. But the thing I can say, you know, having a new coach. Um, your chemistry on the team looks really good and it, it looks like you guys are having fun and that's the the biggest thing with basketball that I've noticed about you guys you guys are smiling more on the bench you guys are having a good t- team connection like what you do what you guys do in the off season what do you guys do in practice to get that connection because it's definitely noticeable in the games man we just hang out together honestly I mean oh, that's like, dope. I said, like we're like we're all we're all around the same age like it, it's it's not even yeah. it's, it's not even at the arena or on the practice court like off days hanging out with Mo and Cole and Jalen and, and, and different guys like that, that brings the camaraderie and the, the trust that you build, uh, you know, on the floor. Like, you know, if I'm hanging out with Mo and Cole and, and, and Jalen and different guys, you know, outside of basketball, obviously we're going to have a good connection on basketball. So uh, on the basketball floor. So, you know, it's just been fun. Uh, and, and like you said, that's the name of the game, having fun. Uh, you don't see these, mm-hmm. these teams that are winning you know, frowning and mad. Like these guys, these dudes are having fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing that we want to bring to Orlando. And that's the thing that we want to bring to the culture of the magic is just to have fun and, and continue to grow through the, the bumps because there's been no team in the history of the NBA that's that's just 
82 and 0 or 0 and 82. That's what our coach tells us every day. There's no team that's 82 and 0 or, or, or 0 and 82. And, and you have to embrace that. You have to embrace the struggle. So uh, having fun and, and, and just just building with the guys around you. So we have some serious Knicks fans on this podcast. That Ashley would be me. Being number one. <laughs> that ain't me, RJ. Just letting you know. I gotta say, RJ, we got a we got a little bit of, of beef before you even got here because you, you, <laughs> it's very biased podcast. Oh my you, God. You, you came you came here into MSG and you guys handled business and it was a surprise because we were banking on that win, but that's okay. It's a long season. Uh, yeah. RJ, we gotta ask what went right that game and what have you learned uh, just about the Knicks having played them multiple times already that that can kind of help you maybe down the road playing them again in the future. For sure, I think the Knicks are a great team. Um, you know, Coach Tibbs uh, definitely has that team, you know, playing the way he wants them to play. Uh, you have your, you know, you have your all-star in Julius Randle, uh, who I grew up with in Dallas. Um, but, you know, I think that the, the reason that we came into MSG the last game uh, that we won and, and, and won that game is just with effort. Uh, we played them in Orlando a couple of days before and just kind of came out sluggish. But um, I think every every team for us has an X on their X on their back, X on their chest. Um, you know, we're really not worried about names, not worried about, you know, guys on the team, uh, just coming out and executing our own things um, and, and, and doing what we know we can do and doing what we execute in practice is going to help us. Um, but like you said, that's a very hostile environment, you know, to come into and, and, mm. and grab that win at the beginning of the season. Uh, and that's good for us. You know, we've played Miami, uh, San Antonio and New York, three high caliber teams, um, you know, at the beginning of the season. And that's right. only going to help us you know, down the road. Calling MSG a hostile environment is a polite <laughs> way of putting it. <laughs> Very polite. I appreciate that because New York is hostile on a different level. Now, that was your coach's first career win as a head coach. So so how did y'all celebrate? We just poured him a water. I think that's <laughs> We got a bunch of Dasani water bottles. What else are you going to do? They're only 20, remember? Okay. Listen, they could do whatever. Y'all could have took them out to eat. You know what I'm saying? Y'all could have y'all could have bought them something nice. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Win against the Hornets uh, on Wednesday. Then we'll take them out to eat for the same. There it is. There it is. We gonna yeah, book that. That's a big win right there. <laughs> that's right. So now we got another section that we call "Get at Me," right? And what we do with that section is we have everybody on social media reach out and they they tweet us or or message us all their questions that they have for you, and then we vet them and we see which ones we like. So so you ready for that, RJ? You ready to see what some of these fans want to know about you? Yeah, let's see. All right, cool. So first one, this is get at me. First one is from <laughs> at Steven0610. And he says, RJ, what are some aspects of your game that you hope to grow over the course of the season? I think some aspects of my game that I'm hoping to grow, probably playmaking ability, you know, knowing where my spots are, knowing how I can get my teammates involved. And then I think the biggest thing for me is on the defensive end. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, my goal is to, in a couple of years and, and in due time, be one of the best defenders in the NBA and, and, and know and guys know uh, when they play the Orlando Magic, they're going to have to, you know, deal with me and, 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 and fight that, you know, number 13 all night. I like that. That, that. that was the, yeah, that's, no. that, that's that rowdy, rough rider energy you're talking about. Yeah. There you go. You have to mm-hmm. go through me when you come to Orlando. Just know that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if that was 20 right there. You sound like a 30-year-old vet right there. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Because, that's listen, right. I don't know about y'all. When I was 20, I would be a hot mess if I was in the NBA. <laughs> listen, listen, that's different. That kind of transitions into get at me question number two. From uh, at Josh underscore Tariff. And, and I like this question as well. He says, which coach, and that obviously you played in Denver with the Nuggets for a little while. And he wants to know, hey, 
which culture do you thrive in more? A, a young, hungry team starting to rebuild like like the like the Magic that you're on right now, or or a playoff team with, with skilled vets like like Joker, like like Jamal Murray, like the guys that were in Denver? Which which situation do I guess is he he's asking? Do you feel like you fit in with more? I mean, I think the Nuggets are a great team. You know, you got the MVP Nikola Jokic. Uh, you know, that name speaks for itself, Jamal Murray, and, and those guys on that team. But I think personally, for me, I thrive best in Orlando. Just being with the young guys and being able to play through mistakes and being able to grow and, and learn and, and just get out there and play. I mean, uh, you know, there's limited time when you're playing with a playoff team and the team that's trying to win right now. Um, and that was kind of the whole thing with the trade. Um, there was no hard feelings with that trade. I understood the Nuggets needed to win now. I know Jamal went down late in the season. Um, and I think if he hadn't went down late in the season, I think they definitely could have been a real title contender. Uh, but I think for me personally, like playing with Orlando and playing with the Magic has definitely helped me grow as a player just by having reps. I mean, you can't, yeah. as a young player, you yeah. can't ask for anything more than reps and, and going out there every night against, you know, like we said, we just played New York and Miami, two of teams that have been in, you know, been in the heat, been in the in the real rigors of the, the playoffs. Uh, you know, at 20 years old, you can't ask for nothing but, you know, better than that. Kind of following up on that, what kind of coach is Coach Mosley, right. right? This is his first year as a, as a head coach. How do you describe him in, in the heat of the battle? Moses is an energetic coach. Moses is a coach that's, I mean, he's he's all or nothing. You know, I think that one thing that really stands about out about him is just his, his energy and his acceptance of, okay, we're a young team, but we don't want to just be that young team that is going to be considered a young team for a long time. We want to yeah. be one of those teams that, that right. in the next year, next two years, we're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to get to the, uh, the the stages where some of these other teams have gotten. So, you know, he doesn't take any he doesn't take any BS from nobody. I mean, it don't matter if it's the, the Los Angeles Lakers or the, the Brooklyn Nets. We're going to go out there uh, for 48 minutes and play as hard as possible. And, and if we do that, the score result, you know, where it should. That reminds right. me a lot of what Trey Young said a couple of seasons right. ago. He said, we're young now, but we won't be young forever. You know, right. you got you to gotta grow up eventually. So I, I've actually been coming down to Orlando a few. Uh, I'm, I'm helping some of your teammates. Why does everything close at 9 o'clock? Like, what, what do you eat in Orlando past 9 o'clock? Because I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Yikes. I tell you what, it's not Miami. That's for it's sure. A, it's a tourist city. So, like, be, I don't want to be like, but it'd be like a bunch of old people coming to tour. The city, because like Universal and Disney, so they be going to sleep early. So like, <laughs> can't be out early. Can't be out early. Bro, <laughs> bro, I be I be stuck eating the eating from Walgreens, bro. I'm just like, man, this place be closed so early, man. It's like it's like a desert down there. I got home last night at like three from the plane, and I'm like, bro, like I'm hungry. I'm starving, right? Oh, hey, why would be why would be hitting? I don't know about you guys. One of them nights, though. You need some food. It's gotta be all the stars gotta align for a while. That's very true. So the next question is from at Malivedat21. And apparently he's been trying to get in touch with you for a minute. He said, I've been trying to ask this man since he joined the Magic, <laughs> what are the meaning, what is the meaning behind his leg tattoos? Oh you you got to give him some answers, bro. <laughs> man, honestly, bro, like, my mom always tell me, like, she would be like, why are you getting so many tattoos? And, like, <laughs> I'd be like, it's art to me. Like, That's true, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I like tattoos. Like, I like, I like, you know, put it like something that's put on your body forever is going to be something that resembles yourself and something that you believe in. And like, I have like Michael Jackson, Muhammad Ali, Kobe and on one leg. And that's just kind of, for me, it's just like, 
that's the, the, the definition of greatness to me. Like, I don't want to ever hey. less. Like, those are the greatest people in their respective um, places. Those are the greatest people that have ever played or ever sang or, you know, boxed, you know, in the world. And then obviously on my other leg, I got a bunch of like horror movie stuff. And that's just kind of what I'm into. Like, I'm into horror movies. I'm into scary things. So you were so you're, you're excited you got, for ho- you're fire. excited for Halloween then. Yeah. Halloween coming up. So, I mean, I've been watching every scary movie every night since october started what you gonna dress up as uh i'd probably be michael jackson this year i ain't i ain't never been michael jackson before. <laughs> oh sick I, sick, I, sick. I, do, I do like the fact that you have a michael jackson tattoo and i want to ask you how did you feel about trey young and and the comparisons of you know drake being <laughs> better than hove and then also the other comparisons of if drake is the michael jackson or if he's bigger than michael uh, jackson is prime how do you feel about that yeah, nah, Trey tripping for real. Nobody's ever going to Yeah, Trey got it all wrong. I mean, Trey, I mean, like, to say Drake is, you know, hove, I might can give you that a little bit. I can get Drake got more Drake got more hits than hove, but I'm not going to say Whoa. I'm not going to say Hold on, listen to me. This is when I say this. I, I, I agree with what he's about to say. <laughs> Drake got more hits than hove, but I'm not going to say Drake is a better rapper than hove. I, I wouldn't okay. say that. But okay. To say that Drake is the Michael Jackson of this era, I can't give you that, bro. Because, like, I, I can't give you that. I don't think anybody's ever going to be bigger than Mike. Trey did not say that, but that was going on Twitter. If Drake <laughs> is bigger than Michael in his prime. And I thought it was a little crazy. <laughs> nah, it, it ain't no way. Ain't no way. That is hilarious. We got one more nah. question for you, RJ. Uh, it's from at Nets for Two. He says, I want to know how RJ handled the transition from being a point guard to becoming a shooting guard. And also, how was it working with Mike Miller? Right. Uh, I mean, I think the, the transition from becoming a point guard to a shooting guard. I mean, I don't ever think I was a point guard in high school. I don't ever think I was a shooting guard. I just thought I was a player. You know, sure. on my team in high school, I had to do what I had to do. I, I had to you know, bring the ball up. I had to get points. Uh, and that's something I had to do. But, you know, on this team right now, I'm very comfortable where I play it. You know, I mean, we got a point guard in Cole Anthony. We got a point guard in Jalen Suggs, and they know they're two guard. Um, so that's mm-hmm. just a that's just the thing about just finding yourself and finding your role. Um, but I would say with Mike Miller, he's definitely helped me a lot. You know, just with shooting, with the business side of basketball. You know, he's one of the you know the greats, uh, greatest shooters ever to play the game. So, I mean, I think I shot like thirty. from three last year. And I'm like so much more confident in my shot coming in this year, uh, shooting the ball at a high clip, you know, when I'm, you know, getting my touches. So um, both of those things kind of go in, you know, comparison. But like I said, I think I'm positionless. I think, and I think everybody on my team is positionless, you know, at that. And I think we just all play, you know, well together. And and I think it's going to show soon, very soon. Lethal, what's up? You think you can outshoot Mike Miller or nah? Who me? I I, yeah, I, I could probably get him now. Not the old, not 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 the Mike Miller from back in the day. He was he was lethal, lethal. Facts. Mike Mike jumper crazy. They hey tell him RJ that joint that joint crazy, bro. I ain't gonna lie. There was a there's a funny story. We were uh, I was working out for my pre draft and um, yeah, we were work out for I forgot what team and they I think actually I think it was the Heat and I worked out for the Heat and they wanted the workout to be at six a.m. Oh wow! And I was Jeez. in Memphis and I think we. Hey. And at the, it, was, it was at Mike's uh, son's school. So, like, there was school going on that morning. People were coming to school. And we had a workout at, like, 6. Mike, after the workout, turns his hat backwards. And I think he makes, like, 
35 out of 38 and just walked off the floor and said, I'll see y'all later. Wow. Oh, no, my God. He just woken up, got his coffee in his hand. If you know Mike. And yeah, I ain't seen nothing like it. But Lethal, Lethal got a shot. I seen the uh, seen a little underwater joint. Yeah, yeah. Lethal's shooting like Aquaman. Oh so. man, thank you. <laughs> oh my God, yo, thank RJ, you, bro. RJ, thank, thank you. you so much for hopping on the pod. Like, let's give him a round of applause. That's the Appreciate first. Appreciate you, RJ. That's the first. Thanks for coming guess on, we've man. we've had on certified buckets, man. If you got anything you want to plug, go ahead and plug it now. I'm good. Hey, you already know the vibe. <laughs> Appreciate you for coming on, bro. Yo. Before we end the show, uh, you guys already know what time it is. It's the Certified Bucket of the Week. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the Certified Bucket of the Week. You already know, Chris, who I'm going with. I got to go with Carmelo. Um, NBA teams oh, gave yes. up on this guy. Three to the dome, Melo. Right. People didn't believe in him. People were saying he shouldn't have been back in the NBA. He kept fighting. He kept, and now look at him, man. He passed Moses Malone, I think, two days ago. Mm. And, um, man, shout out to my guy, Melo, man. And and I'm just happy to see players like him uh, get that chance. Because like what Jamal said the other day, they're, they're trying – all due respect to the NBA, they, they're, they're trying to push out some of the old players. And I feel like players like Melo and Jamal Crawford and different players of that nature should be in the NBA to, 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 to be vets to these players. And, and most importantly, not just be vets. You know, sometimes they're going to catch fire and, and go off because they're the best of the best. So – Shout out to Kamala Anthony, man. Keep up the great work and keep doing your thing. Hey, Melo had Braun out there doing the three to the dome. That was lit. Once a Nick, always a Nick. Shout out to Facts. the Brooklyn kid himself, Carmelo. You know the vibes. Love him. It's true. It's true. He, he is from Listen, New he York. Does hail New from York. This place. New York loves Melo and Melo loves New York. Also, I recommend if I recommend if you guys haven't read his memoir, Where Tomorrows Aren't Promised, definitely check Ooh. it out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I read it in like one day. It's Fire. just the storytelling of his upbringing in Red Hook and then Baltimore and nice. then high school and then Syracuse. And I really like that it gives you the story before Carmelo was NBA Carmelo. And it was a really mm. good read. So definitely check it out if, if you're into reading and reading memoirs and things like that. It's a good there one. There you go. My certified bucket of the week, it, I, I told y'all this was going to happen, right? I told y'all if the Celtics were going to be good, yes, Jason Tatum got to be good. But Jalen Brown has to take that next step. And through three games, I mean, the boy is averaging 28 points a game. He had 46 points uh, against the Knicks. Uh, and then he had 30 against the Hornets. I mean, this is a guy who's came. He's ready to play. You know that's what I'm no saying? That's no boy. And that's a man. That's, that's a grown man. Excuse me, Jalen. Excuse me. You're a grown-ass <laughs> man. And, and you proved it. I mean, if this is the Jalen Brown we're getting all year long, uh, it's going to be tough to beat the Celtics. I don't care if they don't got... Kemba, if they don't got Kyrie, if they don't got a star at that point guard spot, if Jalen Brown is giving you 30 at night and Jason Tatum is giving you 30 at night, it's going to be tough to stop them. So shout out to Jalen Brown. You getting my certified bucket of the week. Oh, and then you dunked on Miles Bridges. Yeah, that jump was different. Come on, bro. You ain't have to do that boy dirty like that. But you know what? I respect I respect Miles, though, bro, because Miles, Miles said go on up. line you gotta two, challenge you got to go up. And, that, and, and that's because the way the, mm-hmm. the way the NBA season is now, bro. Like, people... People going chest to chest, and that's what we want as a fan. Yeah. As a fan. Yeah. Facts. Listen, my certified bucket of the week, he doesn't wear a specific jersey for a team. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't drafted number one overall in the NBA. He wasn't on the Olympic scoring team. You know, he wasn't an NBA all-star, but he should be. And that's Lethal Shooter. <laughs> my oh, God, man. Lethal! Thank you. Thank Listen, you. Thank you. 
I'm going to tell you guys right now. If you haven't seen <laughs> Lethal's most recent Instagram video, stop what you're doing right now and go to his Instagram. This man was shooting underwater. He put a whole new spin on the phrase, his shot is wet. It was the sense, Splash bro. Bros times a thousand. It was if Aquaman <laughs> and LeBron James had a baby. It was the craziest <laughs> Yo, thing. We need Ashley as our hype man from this <laughs> oh day my forward. Goodness. This is incredible. <laughs> I she have ever smack. seen him. This man, this man Thanks. had full on scuba gear on. It wasn't like he was holding his breath. He was down there in some sort of oh fear factor God. mechanic <laughs> chain thing to keep Yo. him on the floor and was shooting buckets. Oh Lethal, I have God. to ask you, one, were you scared? And two, how the hell did you come up with this idea? I've seen you do some wild things, but this might take the cake. I actually wanted to always do this, but I was inspired. Um... Uh, from a video I saw in House of Highlights, a, a friend of mine dropped a bowling ball into the rim that was in the middle of the lake. So I called him and I was like, hey, bro, like, I think I want to do the idea I was saying about shooting. So I, at first I was supposed to go to Merlin to to practice with a Navy SEAL because to dive in a lake, you have to go through a weak course. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to do a course diving in a lake for a whole week because my schedule. So I just told my friend, I was like, you know what, I might just shoot it here in L.A., um, so the, we trained for like an hour with the scuba divers that I used here. Uh, shout out to those guys. And, and they made me really comfortable. I was scared at first. I'm going to release the video. So I was really nervous because I've never, I've never done this before. I, I had weights <laughs> around my, my, um, my waist. That's what, that's why I was able to stay all the way down. Um, and I have a really bad thing to tell you guys that people probably don't know about me and don't judge me, but I don't even know how to swim, you can't swim? Uh-uh. but I, oh, I can't Lord. even swim, but oh, I was man. like, Hey, if that's not a black person stereotype, hey. I never heard one. <laughs> I was like, I, Hey Ash, I was like, if I die for ball is life, man. Hey man, at least I go down in history books. So it was perfect. And most importantly, man, shout know, out to my guy. Ball is literally life. Man, ball is life, man. Shout out to my guy that invented the basketball, man. It's an African-American brother. He invented the basketball that you can actually dribble. Facts in water and shoot in of course nobody's shooting in water but you saw you guys saw what i was doing like we've never seen that before so shout out to the team that was behind it because me i'm just a i'm just a talent that came up with the idea of shooting because this ball at first was just used for dribbling but man shout out to the whole team that helped me and i'm gonna release some videos today because it was one part i kind of panicked one time but then i realized like look this is for the (laughs) this is for the culture man if i gotta be i was down there one time guys for 45 minutes um, yo, how many takes did it take you to make a shot? Not 45 Well, I've made, I've made a lot of shots. I have clips of making multiple shots in a row, but with social media, you only get one minute. And the one thing with reels, um, if I'd have posted multiple shots, I wouldn't have been able to show different versions, dribbling and, and fading away and stuff of that nature. So I have a lot of clips making shots. The, making the shots wasn't a problem. It's just the way social media is, reels right now is kind of flaming. So I just posted a reel instead of me making multiple shots. Because once I get in the groove of anything with shooting something in the hole, my muscle memory kicks in pretty well. I want it to be lethal Clay, Steph versus Aquaman, Poseidon, and like Merman. And we call it the Splash Bros Invitational. And it's all underwater. I'll host it. That might be a little... Chris, you and I can host it from a dome above the water while we're watching it below us. And we can just make it like a thing. Anything (laughs) is possible in the the VR world that we enter in soon. Spring Hill, go ahead and help me fund that. We can make make history. (laughs) 
I think more more importantly, we need to get lethal in three point shootout. What's up? Adam Silva, make yeah, it happen, yo. Y'all bucket sick, right now. Man. He's the best, be, best shooter in the world be right s- now. They what well, you were supposed to shoot it. You were supposed to outshoot a robot. Ain't, ain't no robots in the league. They they human. You got this. Yeah, I I just didn't want to do the quarantine. The quarantine was 10 days. Ooh. And I'm like, child. wow. And then the, and I was just like, I don't have 20 days cuz you quarantine to go there then you quarantine to come back and I was just like, that's 20 days in my schedule. I can't give up. Why why didn't just send the robot? Why didn't send the robot to you? The robot don't got a quarantine. <laughs> Maybe it does. You don't know what that robot be doing in its free Facts. time. Robot be at the club. The robot could be making it rain at Tootsie's. Lemon Facts. pepper and all. All right, guys. So that is a wrap for this episode of Certified Buckets. Clap it up. How you feeling? Hey, feeling good. We had our first certified guest. We you feel did. Me? We had RJ Hampton in the set. Mad cool. Shout out to RJ for coming through and kicking it with us. We appreciate it. Um, I'm still looking forward to, you know, getting that Splash Bros Invitational underway. You know, we can right. do it in Biscayne Bay. So the water's nice and warm for Lethal. You Come know. on, Lethal. You got to shoot. You got to shoot out Steph and Clay. <laughs> Underwater. I'm I'm here. I'm here for all of it. Hey, I'm I ready. Want... I'm ready to take on anybody. There it um, is. I'm crying. <laughs> Listen, unless it's Mike Miller, then he doesn't want that. Smoke. Yeah, he don't want the Mike Miller smoke, but he want the Steph nah, Curry smoke. I don't want the. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And don't forget to shoot your shot on social media. It could be on land, it could be underwater, whatever floats your boat. You know, we're here for it all. At Certified Buckets, no vowels in the word buckets. Why? Because like I keep telling you. We too cool for all of that. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. All right, fellas, before we wrap it up, any final thoughts, concerns, comments, suggestions? <laughs> um, Nah, man. My, I'm saying my birthday's on Thursday. You feel me? If you want to, you know what I'm saying, show a young king some love. Dollar sign at Chris Blashed on Cash App. This man did not just show drop me some love. his cash app. did not just cash put his cash. You know what I'm saying? I'm turning 29. Uh, we excuse show, him, everybody. Send me excuse $29 him. for the 29th birthday. You feel me? Cash App. Dollar do sign Chris Blashed. Do you have no home training? <laughs> Home training? What is that? <laughs> what you talking about? I am cool. This man literally Show just... Show a young thing some love. Cash app. You about to have OnlyFans for his birthday. Not OnlyFans. Hey, fans. that's another idea. Listen, seven streams of income make you a millionaire, son. Stop playing. On that note. Oh, <laughs> Until next week, everybody. We appreciate you for rocking with us always. We're out. Peace.